On October 16, 2017, more than 100 progressive investors joined forces with the International Club of Rome and the Aquil Group to launch the investment turnaround, the investment vendor. We believe that we can all look into a bright and exciting future because we can reinvent ourselves and make our financial, business and economic systems integrally sustainable. In this podcast series, Dr. Mariana Bosazan interviews world leaders and role models who are already on this path and who can guide us with their advice and wisdom. Today, Dr. Bosazan interviews Tony Schwartz, the founder of the Gorilla Foundation, a foundation working towards systemic change, as well as the co-founder of Vuli Watch, a platform to hold elected officials in the Greek and European parliaments accountable. In Greece, I think you can see poverty much more directly as you can see it in, in Germany. What we actually need to do is regain control of uh, the economy in terms of what is allowed, what isn't. Tony, thank you very much for being here and welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Mariana. So in entering this conversation, I'd like to know something from your past. How did you arrive at such um, being such a force for good in the world? What happened in your life that put you on the path of impact? Mm-hmm. Such young age, well, of course. F- first of all, first of all, thank you very much for all these uh, flattering words about myself. I really hope uh, that's true and I uh, can live up to the expectations um, uh, you've, you've just put on me. Um, but my, my path is basically that I grew up between um, Germany and Greece. So um, I'm half Greek, half German, born and raised in Munich um, with stints in Athens. And I think from a very early age, I was um, kind of, you know, brought up with an awareness of privilege and also in Greece, I think you can see poverty much more directly as you can see it in, in Germany and specifically Munich, where I grew up as a, as a bit of a, a bubble world of prosperity. And um, so I think early on in my childhood, um, I would see like examples of, you know, street children begging um, and, and heroin addicts shooting up on the street. So I think you know, that already kind of uh, instilled kind of a, uh, an awareness of, um, you know, my privilege and um, just because of um, the economic situation in my family, I inherited some money early on and kind of was, um, I would say, confronted with this um, scenario that technically seen, you know, I don't have to work for money um, if I didn't want to. And um, and I also felt the obligation that because I have these um, funds, I need to do something um, positive with it. And so step by step, I started becoming engaged in philanthropy and impact investing. Wow. Well, you could have had the choice, you know, to not go that route, but you chose otherwise. And so that yeah. shows that <laughs> already yeah. a higher level of consciousness, which is not mm-hmm. self-understood. So, so mm-hmm. tell us, as, as, as the Club of Rome and us, you know, got together and embarked on this reinventing investing, um, what is it, you know, in changing the paradigm from your perspective, your young, um, you know, fresh perspective into the world? What is it that we need to do to remake these failing systems? Um, yeah, that's a that's a very difficult question. I don't think that there is a silver bullet. 
I think what each of us has to realize is that, um, you know, we have to become active citizens. We cannot just be passive bystanders. And um, our system right now is in a kind of an autopilot mode. It's all about, you know, maximizing growth, creating more stuff. And um, I think what we have to realize is that material prosperity is only one side of the coin, but there is also a um, a spiritual and a psychological aspect to well-being, which is um, actually, um, I would say, being uh, put under pressure by our current system. And um, yeah, I think there is a, a growing realization that um, material prosperity is not enough to uh, to achieve real prosperity. You need to have um, a functioning community. You need to have a, a work that uh, creates meaning for you. And um, so it's a much more nuanced um, view of the world that we need to promote that is closer to human nature. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. So you, obviously, you know, uh, you, you know how to handle money. <laughs> what would you, how would you bring all of these thoughts into existing systems? I mean, you know, into an investment bank. You know, that are currently driven by regulations and are currently being measured by uh, financial responsibility. Yeah. How would you help them include, um, mm -hmm. you know, more meaning? You, you mentioned the word spirituality, psychology, community, and mm -hmm. so on. How, you know, what are some concrete ideas? How would you? get their attention yeah 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 so i think um we have what we have to achieve is like this great turnaround um there's a, a book from carl polani called the great transformation which basically describes how um the economy now rules politics and i think the challenge at hand is that uh, politics um and the demos has to kind of regain control of the economy so right now everything is dictated by the economy And um, it's, it's basically a power struggle, a democratic power struggle between uh, what the majority of people want and uh, the interests of large corporations and, and the privileged few. Um, and I think another person who describes this very well is Naomi Klein in her book um, about um, you know, the relationship between the uh, ecological struggle and uh, the democratic struggle because If we want to achieve sustainable development, we have to, um, you know, put certain um, firewalls between politics and uh, and corporate influence, um, and and basically set very clear rules for uh, the economy. Because right now the rules of the economy are written um, by you know the most powerful economic actors and. If we continue that path, then we'll just, uh, um, you know, undermine the, the ecological foundation for, for our prosperity. Yes, I couldn't agree more. So how, how do you recommend we do that? I mean, I, this is what we're mm -hmm. doing, of course, mm -hmm. at larger scale. How do you mm -hmm. go to, you know, the regulators? Because that's yeah. where it needs to happen. <laughs> yeah, And get yeah. them to agree to do exactly that. Um, our systems yeah. are still... Uh, haven't fallen apart, you know, if you go to Volkswagen, mm -hmm. BMW and so on, I mean, they're still, you know, doing great financially. So mm -hmm. how do we get them uh, to include, um, you know, to 
get that firewall between corporations and the ecological struggle. The Club of Rome yeah. has obviously tried to do this for the past 50 years without much success. Mm. Yeah, I think there are many uh, ways you can do this. Um, I mean, what I found throughout the years is that my philanthropy, like in the space of um, advocacy and activism and so on, um, is actually creating the most impact. I mean, investments are great and you can also obviously have a huge impact there. But if you really want to change the system, I think you have to look at, um, you know, grassroots organizations. And there are many examples of, of such organizations, um, but also like smaller activist groups. And my favorite one is the, the Center for Political Beauty in, in, in Berlin, which is very controversial um, with, with some of the tactics that they use. But um, yeah, I think advocacy um, and and creative activism, supporting social movements. I think this is for me what what has proved most impactful. Um, and uh, like in the in the in the realm of um, of investments, I think we as impact investors tend to overestimate our importance in the financial markets because the fact of the matter is that the Big boys like um, BlackRock and Goldman Sachs, etc., are, are really, um, you know, creating the market and um, and and moving a large amounts of capital. So I think what we should think about strategically is how can we um, move um, or at least uh, nudge these uh, actors to behave more sustainably. And I think one of the great uh, things that is happening now is that these financial actors are, are starting to, for example, uh, vote their shares, um, their proxy shares. So um, ExxonMobil, as you might know, they were forced last year to, um, to, for the first time now, to come up with a, a climate change mitigation strategy. Um, so ExxonMobil, who is being accused of systematically distorting the narrative about climate change through fake research and, uh, and propaganda, um, now is forced to develop the strategy because BlackRock, who holds a lot of ExxonMobil shares, um, actually supported this shareholder resolution um, um, so that the executives of the company have to come up with a climate mitigation strategy. So I think this is just one example, voting your shares. Um, another one could be that you actually fund you know, civil society groups that put the pressure on ExxonMobil. Um, and, and create pressure through the media also. How do you invest your own money? Uh, obviously, you come from, a, uh, from wealth and don't take that for granted. Um, mm -hmm. uh, do you, can you give us some advice on how you are choosing to uh, vote your shares with, mm -hmm. with those criteria in mind? Yeah, that's actually a good question. Um, so I, uh, we as a family work uh, mostly with one a public equity manager and um, I asked the manager you know what are we doing in this uh, on this front and they weren't doing much because the fact of the matter is that most um, you know wealth managers with their public equity portfolios they just vote along established uh, bank practices um, and so you know all these CEO executive uh, compensation packages they just get uh, voted through And um, eventually what I succeeded was to convince this, um, this, this manager to vote the shares for his entire shop so that all the customers now, they uh, vote their strategy according to ESG. 
And the great thing is that you can argue here with fiduciary responsibility. So it's not about uh, tree huggers. It's about, um, you know, being a responsible investor and, uh, and voting your shares because, like, why would you um, accept that the executives of a corporation just personally enrich themselves? Um, sometimes even worse when the company is doing uh, really bad. So I think it's also about, you know, creating a healthy corporate culture, which is good for the bottom line and it's good for the investors and it's good for the planet, it's good for the workers. So, um, yeah, I think in, in this sense, also wealth owners are activists within their ecosystem, within their families, where they're trying to convince the families to invest their money more, um, you know, sustainably um, and also within financial institutions such as the wealth managers and the banks, you know, like um, UBS and Credit Suisse and all these banks, they're starting to feel the pressure coming from um, their clients because a lot of millennials and a lot of women that are earning, uh, are about to inherit a lot of money or have already inherited a lot of money now want to invest their money sustainably and uh, and they have to come up with um, with investment products, investment strategies, portfolios, um, you know, for this new clientele. How do you have influence on um, on a healthy corporate culture in your investment portfolios? In other words, um, one thing is to want things, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, to invest into so-called successful company. Uh, I personally find it very difficult outside of uh, our direct investments and projects that, where we have a different uh, direct control over, I find it mm -hmm. very difficult to, you know, with ind indexes, for instance. So if you want to, you know, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. uh, kind of distribute your risk you need to mm -hmm. you know use in the, in the, how do you pick and choose uh, the companies whose culture you know like uh, Whole Foods or uh, Patagonia and so on how do you but there are not, not that many uh, what yeah. do you do to do that analysis and, and have a good feeling when yeah. you invest yeah I mean to be honest with you I'm not very excited about public equity investments because mm -hmm the impact you will have through buying and selling a share is very minimal. It's something completely different if the Norwegian pension fund says it wants to divest from fossil fuels, you know, which really sends a message out to the market. Uh, then if I, if I sell my whatever minimal position of $5,000 at, um, at Nestle, for example, just to yes. give an example. Um, so I think, you know, public equities, um, is it's pretty straightforward. You implement ESG criteria. There are different forms of doing this. In my case, I decided that each portfolio company, each company in, in the in the stock portfolio, has to have at least sixty percent in the uh, Sustainalytics ranking. So in the Bloomberg terminal, you can actually see what uh, what the Sustainalytics ranking of each company is. And for the overall portfolio, I want to have more than eighty percent. Uh, a sustainalytics ranking. So right now uh, we have in my portfolio 88%. Um, and I double-checked the um, this this ranking with another company called Ecom Research from Munich, so that they kind of verified that this, the stocks that we pick are um, are let's say um, best in class or very green. Um, and and that's that's how I do it. And I obviously don't invest in and fossil fuels, uh, nuclear energy, and 
Um, we also exclude a couple of countries from the treasury bill portfolio um, just because of their autocratic nature. Um, and yeah, that's, that's how I, how I go about the, the public equity part. But then again, that's not what I'm really excited about. What I'm more excited about is the private equity um, deals and the direct investments. Exactly. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. That's exactly what we do as far as possible. So, but as you, as you and I know, we all know there, uh, mm -hmm. there's a lot portion of uh, investments that go in this direction, and uh, mm -hmm. they are going to shift eventually. And mm -hmm. uh, you know what we're doing? We're going through our direct investments by showing how it can be done otherwise, and hoping that yeah. they will follow suit because we, the market, wanted. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Can you share with us a little bit of your direct investment activities and uh, mm -hmm. types of investments and things that you are currently driving so that we have a better idea? Just to finish off the last discussion, um, uh, I just want to qu quickly mention a, a grant that I gave to a fund, uh, to an NGO in the UK called Share Action, which actually promotes um, reform in the space of the pension funds uh, so that the pension funds are actually required to have an ESG strategy. Um, so, you know, they, they got a grant from, from a couple of foundations and I also gave them some money and what came out of this was that they lobbied the European Commission um, to, to put through a bill that um, I think uh, from this year onwards uh, the European pension funds have to disclose their their ESG strategy, which is a great step, um, you know, to 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 engage them. Um, and and again, I think like this action by uh, funding this NGO actually has a much greater impact than um, you know me divesting my portfolio. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to put that put that out there. But enough about. About the direct investments, I haven't done too many of them. I have um, two actually in my portfolio only because there are a lot of work. And um, <laughs> so, so one is uh, called African Clean Energies, and it's a clean cookstove company. So they uh, produce a kind of cookstove that um, that uh, when when you burn the wood inside there, um, there is very little smoke coming out, and you can use it also to charge mobile devices. Um, so this is uh, based in Lesotho, uh, next to South Africa. And um, yeah, I gave them a, a loan, um, which, um, you know, helped them kind of expand their facilities. And uh, so that's one example. Another example um, is a microfinance technology company, which helps microfinance institutions digitize their portfolios because a lot of things is, are still done in paper in microfinance institutions. Um, and now I'm actually looking into a direct investment in the uh, recycling space. So a company in India that helps uh, municipalities um, set up like uh, uh, efficient waste management structures and also uh, work with informal waste pickers. Um, so, so these are like the, the two investments and the third one, which I'm currently looking into. Brilliant. So do you, um, apart from your philanthropic activities and the uh, investments in uh, developing countries, do you perform mm -hmm. 
direct investments also in the West, in you know, in which is what we are doing, trying to really mm -hmm. change the way uh, the old system is working here, which is mm -hmm. uh, uh, much much more difficult. We find. Uh, do you yeah. are you active in this field as well? Mm, only through funds. So I invest okay. mainly through funds, just because I don't have the capacity to um, to manage direct investments. Mm -hmm. So I invested in um, in bond venture. And I also now just invested into the third fund of Social Venture Fund. Um, so those are the main investments I have in, in, in Europe. And also I just invested in a fund called Circularity Capital, which is in Edinburgh, and they invest in SMEs in the circular economy. So yeah. uh, are you, would, would you be interested? Are you interested in, um, you know, projects uh, and, you know, looking into such things? I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm just interested mm -hmm. in, in uh, understanding how you, um, how, what your interests are. Yeah. Um, so you mean projects in, in, in Europe or? Yeah, well, my, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, as you know, what we're trying to uh, implement is how do you take COP21 or UN SDGs and mm -hmm. apply them in investments in the West. Because the mm -hmm. problem that we're having is we are currently exporting a financial business economic system to developing country that yeah. is actually has failed, is not sustainable, yeah. right? Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I just went to Sri Lanka. I was actually thinking about just that, yeah. Yeah, and so the question is, how can we change our systems here before we export them, right? Yeah. So because yeah, yeah. what we're doing in Africa and China and you know we've been in, involved in these things all along you know we're trying to fix something that we're actually exporting that damages the thinking of the people and the consciousness and uh, and their economics and the way they run businesses so in in what we do now in uh, trying to show how it can be done otherwise you know we pick technology uh, and combine it you know technology high-tech uh, let's say this uh, technology that, you know, for better cooling uh, and combine it with infrastructure, um, you know, uh, real estate and build, um, you know, 50% more sustainable uh, data centers. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so there you, we can really measure explicitly what UN SDGs uh, have what effect in what time frame and what impact. So that way, and people are interested in it, like, oh my God. But of course, it's, it's, uh, it's, you can move a lot of capital. Of course, data centers are being built like uh, they're mushrooming. Um, mm -hmm. But of course, it's very intensive because you need to uh, supervise and manage them over a longer period of time. But there is a huge impact. And you can mm -hmm. see how COP21 uh, can be applied. Mm -hmm. It's just to give you an example, but there are many others. Um, mm -hmm. Are you involved in similar things in the West or, uh, you know, are you working with groups either in California, for instance, another interest of ours? How can we make AI more sustainable? How can we make healthcare uh, systems, you know, you know, have an impact, um, yeah. including UN SDG and so on? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, as I said, I, I invest mostly through funds. That's what I do. I leave it at that. Okay. And I'm trying actually, I'm, I'm focusing much more now on the work of, of the Guerrilla Foundation because um, I feel that, you know, investments are, are super important. But what we actually need to do is 
um, you know, regain control of uh, the economy in terms of like the um, the structure of it, what is allowed, what isn't. And I think um, the big problem really uh, with our system is that it's all about um, materialism, you know, about getting more stuff, um, the companies selling us more stuff, selling us stuff that breaks faster, like the, the iPhone scandal that just uh, came out. And um, these problems can only so, I, I think that these problems can only so far be addressed um, through through investments, what is needed is is uh, some hardcore uh, massive uh, activism um, and 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 new social movements that can um, you know set new rules for the games because that what that's what we need to do is we need to set new rules. Yes. So uh, that brings me to the next question, and you know we're uh, almost uh, have run out of time. Uh, how can we join forces? Because one of the issues that I find in, in changing the failing systems is that all of us who are doing stuff, you know, moving in the right direction or not join uh, each other with each other's activities. How can mm -hmm. we, uh, what do you think? Do you have any ideas on how we can join forces so that we could leverage each other's activities and learn from one another? Are you... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I think the only way this can be achieved really is like um, is, is is a one-to-one -one exchange. I mean, obviously we're we're talking here via uh, via Skype, but um, I think the best way to do it is is to create strong communities that are in regular touch, and um, and yeah, I think that's the most most effective way is the cultivation of communities, and that's why I think Tonic is so great. Um, you know, because it gives a home to to these people that you know they sometimes be like, okay, am I crazy because I believe that <laughs> you know we should change the world, but it's absolutely not true. You know, there are a lot of people uh, like you out there. It's just hard to find them. So um, you know, having beacons where people like us can come together and and share our failures, our successes, and and work together. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's that's really important. Absolutely. So uh, now, uh, in, in, in closing, what is it that you do personally to keep mm -hmm. your uh, senses in, in mm -hmm. the midst of this, um, you know, what could be interpreted as, uh, you know, craziness? Mm -hmm. um, what do you do? Do you have a certain practice, a spiritual, yeah. psychological practice. What Tell us something about your personal life and how you lead it to build the foundation for your acti mm -hmm. activism in the world. Yeah, I think one of the things that probably, um, you know, wealth owners have to also understand is that um, our prosperity as, as, you know, high net worth individuals or whatever is um, also to some extent based on, on that other people don't fare so well. And um, we actually have to realize also that this, this accumulation which is going on in our name because we are shareholders um, is, is, is something that is uh, in the long term going to create a lot of problems. So we can choose to be part of the solution or we can uh, choose to be part of the problem. And um, what, what I find uh, also hard, uh, very disturbing is that um, you know, billionaire families, they're actually very concerned about uh, losing money and uh, they're very, very 
focused about you know making uh, as many billion more euros dollars whatever as they can and i think this is a quite a pathological behavior because why the hell would you need another billion two billion ten billion whatever um you should be much more concerned about uh solving um the the massive problems we have in front of us as humanity because you have the funds and that's why i think the whole discussion about spending down or partly spending down should be um should be brought up more you know why do you have to uh grow your portfolio or um your assets you know why why do you need that uh, is it is it so important for your happiness and i'm i'm currently reading the book by Jim, tim jackson called prosperity without growth um which actually shows that you know um from a certain uh income level more money does not make you happy and um in designing the the system of the future i think this is a key element to take into account that uh more stuff is not necessarily better more money is actually necessarily not better um uh and uh that's why i think uh, a great movement would actually be that wealthy people start spending down uh part of their assets on systems change activism um and uh if if this would happen i think uh it would be um it would it would have quite a catalytic impact because i mean my assets are very limited but already the impact we're having with our work with the gorilla foundation i think is quite considerable and if we would get another 10 20 people like me who say like okay i want to really you know um i want to be serious about this and uh and fund these kind of groups i think we could really um have an impact uh in terms of tipping the scale wow very wise advice thank you so much wow where can people go and um get more information about you or your work can you um, yeah. would you like to share so, so, your all yeah sure i mean uh with the gorilla foundation we um regularly Uh, post blog posts so we have a newsletter where people can sign up and we also have a very uh, active facebook page actually so the best way to follow us is um through facebook or um the newsletter um and obviously they can get in touch uh with me also directly through um through the website and um yeah i'm very eager to to uh find millennial inheritors who also want to you know get engaged in this kind of philanthropy It's been a great honor and a privilege to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Tony, and and Godspeed to you. Thank you very much, Mariana. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, check out the social media channels and mentioned website. Write to us, give us your feedback and tell us whose ideas you want to hear next. Keep an eye out for the next podcast to learn more exciting possibilities coming up in the future of investing, business and economics. This is the investment turnaround.